0: Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be.
1: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.
0: FSR.
1: Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
4: Our turn. Good evening, everyone. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier in for the guys. Jason Smith and his best friend, Mike Harmon. Never heard right of. here on Fox Sports Radio. By the way, we're coming to you live. From the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Did you know that 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. What are you waiting for? Tweet on in. Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Stinkin Genius one By the way, how long do I have to wait for the start of college football? Did you tell me, Torres? How, when am I going to get college football?
5: Well, Arizona's not playing for a while. I can tell you that much. It's going to be a while.
4: Oh, you see, that, that
5: when you do that to me, I, I, I want
4: to choke you out. I, wow. I can't do that. I don't think you're I, strong enough. I
2: can't
6: enough. do that. I don't think wow.
2: I, you
4: see, I I'm never going to enjoy college football this year because you're not going to give me what I want. And matter of fact, I'm looking through the schedule for next week. And yeah, we get some of the Blue Bloods. I get the Notre Dame will be playing Oklahoma, playing Clemson, playing Texas. No, Oklahoma by the way. Playing.
5: You know Oklahoma's on pay-per-view only, right? It's like 49.99 to watch them win by 100 points. What do you mean it's on pay-per-view only? It's on Nobody wanted to only. pick up the game. Are you I serious? don't understand. Nobody. I think I don't know. I think Oklahoma does this once a year. I don't know why. Yeah, they did it for, as uh Iowa Sam just said, they did it for the Iowa game last year or a year uh, or the uh Oh uh the uh Army game a year or two ago. Army. Here you go. Here you go. TV Times announced Sooner September twelfth opener against Missouri State will kick off be available via pay per view broadcast. Wow. So Wow. Talk to Chris Plank. It was obviously um, Chris Plank's idea. It's not my fault. No, there's no doubt it was
4: Plank's idea. Uh, but you know, again, you're you're giving me some of the blue bloods, but they're not playing anybody. That's like saying let's go to the buffet and we get into the buffet and they don't have any steak, chicken, or pork. I, what are you doing? Maybe to me? it's a vegan I, you,
5: buffet. You got to ask these well, questions. Well, then I'm not
4: going to the vegan buffet. Then you know
5: why are you to talking about send BYU me to the like vegan that. buffet? BYU's the best team in the Gosh. country as far as we know, man. We're getting Clemson yeah, this weekend, we're, gonna... we're getting Oklahoma, we're getting Texas. Just enjoy it, Arnie. What's the alternative? I, I'm, I'm, you sitting at home I, watching I, ask... nothing with you? Go ahead. Seriously, how, how is this going to play out with
4: college? I mean, how how's this, is this going to play out? Are we going to have more postponements or are we going to get through this thing? Because I, I don't know why I feel so much more confident in the NFL going without a hiccup than I'm worried about college football really having problems going down the stretch.
5: Well, the reason you're more confident in the NFL is because they basically have had no positive tests. So I think that's why. And the way that I look at it is college look. I mean, college the reality is a lot of these kids are basically all on college campuses. Most of the campuses have students on them, and so they're more susceptible to an outbreak. And you referenced earlier, Tennessee had eight or nine positive tests this week, and when you add in um, you know, uh contact tracing, they had like 40 guys that had to sit out. So these situations are going to happen. Auburn had to cancel practice last week. A lot of these campuses are, but then there are positives. Notre Dame had something like 250 positive cases on campus a few weeks ago. They're down to about 40 now. So I think it's going to be like Major League Baseball. There's going to be days where it's good. There's going to be days when it's bad. There's going to be, um, you know, uh, uh, games that are canceled. And I just think this is the reality of it. If,
4: if you're the NFL, do you try to make some inroads on a Saturday? By putting your product on Saturdays? Or or do you just leave college football alone and say they've been through enough? They're missing two conferences. Let's leave them alone. Let them uh, get what they can get right now.
5: You know, it feels to me, Arnie, like
4: college. Because they would explode. If if you gave me, I gave you some of the games, Oklahoma, Missouri State, Clemson, Wake Forest. If you gave me, I don't know, Jetson, Jacksonville, I'd watch it over those games, you know?
5: I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, okay. you know, if if Jets if Jets Jaguars was going head to head with Clemson Wake Forest, you're not watching Trevor Lawrence until the game's 35 nothing at True. halftime. That's yes. fair. Yeah. That's fair. No, it's fair. It's fair. Um, first, I, to answer your question, I don't believe so. And for whatever reason, it feels as though the NFL has a much better relationship with college football than the NBA does with college basketball, right? The NBA is trying to tear down college basketball, best players, bring them to the G League, all that stuff. The NFL, it seems like they understand the value of college football. They understand the idea of working with them to build stars. They give them Saturday. They give high school football Friday But yeah, no, I think if if for some reason games got canceled kind of, you know, in a vacuum where all of a sudden we weren't going to have college football, I don't think the NFL would mind adding games on Saturday, but it seems like out of respect for college football, they really haven't done that.
4: Let's look at it the other way. Suppose everything goes fine from here on out for college football in the Pac-12 and Big 10. They look a little silly because they didn't play. Does anything change from here on out for college football next year? Um, you know, I've been hearing about rumors about how the Pac-12 may have something completely different than what we're seeing in the Pac-12 now. Are there going to be super conferences? Are we going to have different types of games to restrict travel? Are we going to have less out-of-conference games? Um,
5: I, I, I don't know. Are, are, are things going to change next year when we get through this year or what? Well, what's going to be interesting to me is I just think what you speak about change, I'll I'll just be interested if we get no great advancements um, with the coronavirus, how the Big Ten and Pac-12 are going to justify coming back when they do, whether it's in November, whether it's in January, because my argument is, if you're saying it's not safe now, right. you can't claim that it's safe in January, and really what you're saying is you can't play until there's a virus, or, or until there's a vaccine, excuse me. So, to me, the only, I don't think change is going to be as great as people think. I know there's this idea that once we get 10 conference games, everyone's we're going to go conference only. I don't believe that. I actually think it's the opposite. I mean, think about the fact that there's SEC teams, ACC teams that are used to going six and six, that are now going to go two and ten or two, you know, two and eight, one and nine, zero and ten, zero and eleven. So to me, I actually don't think this is going to be some great change for college football. I think it's assuming that we get these teams actually back on the field in the Big Ten and the Pac-12. I think it's going to be mostly back to normal starting next season.
4: Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Stinking Genius 1. Let's get to some NFL. Let's uh, break down the AFC South, and let's go ahead and start with the Texans. And look, I I like Deshaun Watson. I think he's a really good quarterback, but stop trying to tell me he's an elite quarterback ready to take the Texans to the Super Bowl. I don't believe it. Are they going to miss Hopkins? Maybe. I'm not so sure because it is a wide receiver, and you can replace him. So maybe they won't miss him too bad. Why is is David Johnson still playing? I didn't know that. How about that? Um, They have a good defense, but something always gets in their way. They're probably the second best team in that division. I know a lot of people are picking them and jumping on that bandwagon.
5: I'm just not so sure I'm ready to do that. I'm picking them because they got the best quarterback in the division and because of the fact that they've won this division a few years ago. Listen, uh, we're going to get to Tennessee in a minute. I'm not as high on them, and I do understand that they lost DeAndre Hopkins, but they still have weapons. They're still the two-time defending champ. They've won the division four out of the last five years. Until I hear otherwise, I think they're winning this division. I may be faulty
4: on this. This is the first time I'm changing my mind on a pick, but I'm doing it because of what happened with the coronavirus, and I'm talking about Tennessee, who I had in second place, and I'm saying to myself, lack of practice, no preseason. Offenses, I believe, are going to be ahead of the defenses. There's going to be missed tackles. I think that's going to be great for someone like Derrick Henry. I don't think he's going to take a beating like I thought he was going to be this year. I think Ryan Tannehill is going to have a good year. I'm going to go with Tennessee it's the number one team, plus I like that defense, too.
5: I like the defense. I like Derrick Henry, and I do like Mike Vrabel as a head coach. Um, I just don't buy him, man. I just don't buy Ryan Tannehill. I just don't believe he's a difference maker and an X factor. They got hot at the right time last year. Listen, I think you can explain away some of their uh, uh, success in the playoffs. Uh, the, the Tom Brady has no weapons in New England. Lamar Jackson plays a little tight in Baltimore. I just don't believe that they have turned a corner and they're the class of this division. I do still like Houston.
7: Before you give me your thoughts on the Titans total of eight and a half, Give me your tight, your Texans total seven and a half. Are you in or Ooh. out on the seven and a half total for the Texans?
4: Wait, you're not reading that right. That can't be right. No, it's absolutely correct. The, the Houston Texans are seven and a half.
7: They are. That better jump sense. on it. Doesn't no, feel that, right that, to that me. No, that
4: can't be right.
7: I will double check for you.
4: You better double check because wow. otherwise, I'm I'm going to walk off this show right now and go straight to Vegas. He I should. won't even finish up the show.
5: You should let me take over. America would
4: appreciate that. That's impossible. Seven and a half. I thought they're one of the favorites to win the division. They are the favorite to win the division. What's, what's going on here? Seven and a half. I'm going. I over. told you
7: I had some questions about them, but seven and a half. What are I'm you guys out. nuts? Hey, let's start with the Titans. We got eight and a half on the Titans. We'll start there.
4: I'm I like you I like the over on the Titans. I'm. I'm going over on the Titans in that one. I think they have enough there.
5: I'm going under on the Titans. I'm just oh, not geez. sold on on uh, Tannehill.
4: All right. I,
7: uh, I, Houston Texans are seven and a half, guys. I'm okay, so I'm going to put you down for over because you are are laughing for, at the for Houston a Texans. million
4: dollars, please. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to borrow. I'm going to
7: borrow a million dollars from Bernie Fratto it's plus three fifty, so you can get some good money
5: if you're correct on that. Are you serious? Yeah. That's insane. We'll have to ask Bernie why that is. Bernie, if what, you're listening-
4: What do I know that everybody else in the world doesn't know? Not much. Why don't you move on to the Colts? Wow. Uh, let's just stop at Phillip Rivers. Is he going to go ahead and continue with a good career? Is he going to resurrect Indianapolis? I don't think he's got enough weapons around him. I'm worried about the wide receivers. I think they're the third best team in that division. I'm worried about Phillip Rivers.
5: I will say, uh, listen, I know he wasn't very good last year, but I think he gets that this is his last hurrah. And when you look at that team last year, 7-9 and nine with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. I'm not saying that Phillip Rivers is, is a significant upbra- upgrade. Excuse me, I'm tripping all over my words. But I brought it up with Aaron Rodgers a minute ago in terms of the fact that he now has a chip on his shoulder. I think Phillip Rivers has a chip on his shoulder. I think he wants to prove that the charges were wrong, that we're all wrong in burying him too soon. I like the Colts to be the surprise team in this division, finish second behind the. Houston I love
7: Texas. that pick. I Let's myself go, am
5: financially implicated on that one. Try, you know,
7: basically, Rivers goes from the worst offensive line to the best offensive line. He's a top ten quarterback in every category. If you keep him clean, wow. and they Look will at keep you. him clean. You're such a homer. Over so under is nine and a half on the Colts. Where are we at? Wow! Oh, a million
5: dollars on the under. Absolutely. I'll say this. Gavin Gavin Kinzel is the Chargers insider in this building. Him and Justin Frostberg both. Uh, if you like the over, because you don't buy Philip Rivers on the Chargers last year, I'm I'm riding with Gavin Kinzel. Give me the over. You want a crazy stat? The Chargers offensive line
7: last year, out of 224 offensive linemen in the league, they had three of the bottom 25 start for that team. <laughs> wow, uh, they are take atrocious. That for that. And he's going to go to an amazing offensive line. Great things coming ahead. Okay, guys, Jaguars, last division total is four and a half. What do we think? I got to go under.
4: I, I I don't even think four and a half is a possibility. Forget about five. I'm going to go with the under on that one.
5: I will go... I'm going to go over, but not significantly. I just think, look, we're already in this tank for Trevor. Trevor and Dabo, are they a package deal? You know who doesn't care about Trevor Lawrence? Gardner Minshew. You know who doesn't care about uh, Dabo Sweeney? Doug Marone. They got Leonard Fournette out of there. They got some people that they uh, thought were problematic out of there. I know that the organization as a whole is trying to lose. We saw this last year with the Miami Dolphins. The coaches, the players in the locker room don't care. I will go slightly over. I still think they finish in fourth, but a better fourth than we expect. Gavin, we're short on time.
4: Just give me the over on the win totals for the NFC South. Start at
7: the top Okay, we got
4: Falcons, seven and a half. Yeah, you know, I, I think they're the third place team. Does that mean eight and eight's third place? I still think it's going to be Tampa and the Saints. Um... They were 7-9 last year, but they had a four-game winning streak at the end of the year. I would go with the
5: under. I'm going under. I'm just yeah. so out on Matty Ice. We know who he is. Yeah. He's B- a yeah. B-minus quarterback.
7: Carolina Panthers, five and a half.
5: Yeah, I got to go with the under. Probably a 4-5
4: wow. win team. They're a complete mess right now.
7: I,
5: I, I completely disagree. I'm going over. Wow. I believe in Teddy Bridgewater. I believe in Joe Brady. He was yes. the offensive coordinator at LSU that set the record, that had the record-setting season with Joe Burrow. I'm going over because I believe in Bridgewater and Brady. And to Joe Brady's former team, the New Orleans Saints, ten and a half
7: win total here.
4: Yeah, wow. Um if Tampa doesn't win the division, obviously the Saints do. I don't know what happened with the whole Alvin Kamara thing, but they're back and
5: I'm gonna take him with the over again. I would have to take the over on that one. You said ten and a half, Gavin. Ten and a half. Man, I'm just gonna go under at ten mm. because the Bucks will obviously be vastly improved. I believe the Panthers will be better than people expect. And he's still got a first-place schedule. You play the Chiefs, you play the Vikings, you play the Eagles, you play the 49ers. I will go 10-6, and six, a slight under, but still the division winner. To Arnie's favorite quarterback's team, uh, the Tampa Bay
7: Buccaneers and Tom Brady, 9.5 wins on the year. What do we think? I, I like the over, not crazy about it. I think 10 they're right around 9-10 wins,
4: probably more like 10 wins, so I'm taking the over in that one.
5: You know, I just said the the Saints will win the division at 10 and 6. I got to go over as well on the Bucs, so I guess that would be an equal 10 and 6. You just look at the, the fact that they went that, that they went 7-9 and nine last year with Jameis Winston turning the ball over the way they did. If they just take care of the football a little bit better, which they will, they're going to win a lot of games. I do like them over as well.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.
4: All right, good evening, everyone. Of course, Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier. We're sitting in for the guys, Jason Smith and his best friend, Mike Harmon, moving along on this Monday night. Hope everybody enjoyed your three-day weekend. We want to get right to our guest, our NFL insider, also covers the Cardinals for SI. It's our buddy Howard Balzer. Right off the bat, Howard, how tough has it been to kind of get information, cover teams, doing this whole coronavirus thing? Is It's got to be difficult, you know?
6: Yeah, it's it's just very different, um, you know, because everybody pretty much has the same access you know, with all the Zoom interviews. And so what what it ends up have, being for, you know, you know, guys who are, you know, covering teams on a daily basis where, you know, a lot of times when you don't have that one-to-one relationship or access to players, then, you know, a lot of times you gather background information that you talk to guys you know, just you know, kind of casually if it's in the locker room or whatever, whether it practices, games. You know, of course we haven't had games yet, but you know that's that's where a lot of the relationships build. And and with this, mm-hmm. it's it's it just it can't happen. And then the other part too is when you have the Zoom interviews. Of course, they they basically just you know call on people and they ask their questions, and so it's it's difficult to have follow-ups. I mean, you might ask a question, the guy answers it, but there's a, it spurs another question. But there's five other people in line, and they go to them, and then you know, get a chance to follow up on it. So it's, it's just kind of different. It is what it is. That's the way it's going to be this year. And everyone who covers teams just has to – has to get accustomed to the to the new way of doing things this season.
5: So, Howard, obviously, you know, you cover the whole NFL, but obviously with specialty with the Arizona Cardinals, and let's ask point blank. I mean, the Cardinals obviously, I think, in some ways, exceeded expectations last year with Kyler Murray as the number one overall pick, thought he looked really good. What is the buzz on this team going into this season?
6: You know, there's, there's pretty good buzz because, you know, even though they only won five games last year, uh, they played a lot better. At the end of the season. And a big part of that was Murray, you know, getting his legs under him and understanding uh, the NFL. Uh, at the end of the season, when Patrick Peterson came back from suspension and the defense in its first year with Vance Joseph has started getting comfortable. And now they, they have a lot of confidence because it's the same system for the second year in a row. Obviously, added DeAndre Hopkins uh, to the offense, having Kenyon Drake for a full season. Uh, the, the additions to the defense. Look pretty solid. Obviously, there's not a lot to judge on uh, because you didn't have preseason games, and so you just you just look at a roster and say, "Hey, this team's got a, a pretty decent amount of talent," and we're going to start finding out pretty darn quick. And you know, the one thing about the Cardinals, the key I mentioned playing better at the end of last season, they are two eleven and one in the last four years in September, and so when you get off the starts like that every year, it's very difficult. Uh, to really make anything happen. So they they need to get off to a good start. Their schedule after San Francisco next Sunday is is favorable. And then after the next three or four games after that game, it starts getting tough again. So if they're really going to improve, I think they have to get off to a good start. And, of course, they're in a tough division, uh, obviously with the Rams and the Seahawks and the 49ers. But this is a team, I think, on the right path. And they've made a lot of good moves this year that – some pretty well in a good a good direction going forward
4: oh Howard that's where I was going favorable their schedule is downright easy I'm surprised there's no junior high schools on their schedule (laughs) you mentioned after San Francisco they're home against Washington so they'll be favored home against Detroit they'll be favored at Carolina they'll pay maybe favored and then at the Jets they should be four and one going into that Cowboys game and and all the buzz and excitement around this team they better get off to a four and one start I really think they will
6: no, no you're, you're 100% right. And, and of course, that Cowboys game is a Monday night game. And yeah. so uh, if the Cardinals do get off to that really good start, if maybe they you know, stumble in one of those games and they're 3-2, and two, at least at the 500 record, and people are beginning to take notice. And and like I said, national TV, Monday night football, Dallas Cowboys, that's a game to really make, make a statement. But I also do think, even though – playing the 49ers on Sunday is a, is, a, is a tough one, certainly. But I think that with a good showing, which they expect to, because they played the 49ers pretty tough in both games last year. So they expect to go out there and, and play a good game against them. So if they play well, even if they come away from the loss, I think they can they can get some, they can can get build some positives from that.
5: Howard, another team kind of in the same footprint as Arizona, as the Arizona Cardinals is the new Las Vegas Raiders. Um <laughs> What's the buzz about them? Because it feels like there was so much excitement about the new stadium and all that, and it feels like maybe it's the lack of preseason, whatever, that nobody's really talking about them in any way, shape, or form, good or bad. You no,
6: know, it's an interesting point because I think, like you said, moving to a new city but now not being able to have fans just kind of takes away a certain amount of that enthusiasm, uh, the talk and, and all that because <laughs> kind of like the Chargers and the Rams to a degree, even though they're still in the same city. Is they have to build this beautiful new palace, and there's not going to be able to be fans there. So it just kind of well, the whole thing without fans, or only a handful of fans in some places, is obviously going to give this season a very different look. But I think back to the Raiders, that, that's they they have some talent on that roster, no no doubt about it. And uh, but you know they also they also make a lot of changes each year, and I, I think they've gotten into a little bit of a situation where they almost say, okay, let's change this, let's change that. Let's get rid of some guys, bring in some new ones. And I think you have to start having some stability if you're going to win. But they do have some stability at the quarterback position, obviously, and with Derek Carr, and that's going to be the key. I mean, it's, it's no different than for any team. Get good quarterback play, which usually, of course, is dependent on quality players around that quarterback. And If you get that, then you have a chance to be at least, at least in the hunt for a playoff spot, even if you don't make it.
4: Howard, does the lack of fans or no fans that doesn't affect your job, does it? I mean, it's still the same, or or does it affect your job at all if there's not going to be fans at the games?
6: My, you mean the job of the media, or the job of the players? yeah media, the media. No, well that that no that that doesn't affect uh, the media if there's fans. It's just the whole atmosphere of the sport is obviously a lot different, even though you're going to have you know some uh, manufactured noise in the yeah. stadiums. But from the, from a media standpoint, you're you're you know you're reporting on the wins and the losses obviously and the game and everything leading up to it and everything after it but whether there's fans or not really doesn't doesn't change at all how you how you cover a game and how you produce whatever content it is afterwards whether whether it's in print or on the internet radio tv whatever it might be then it, it doesn't really
5: matter Last question for me, Howard. Um, listen, we spent so much time this offseason talking about Brady and the Bucks and uh, all, all the teams that we would normally talk about this time of year. Is there one team that you believe is flying under the radar, either could be way better, Super Bowl contender, just somebody that we're not talking about enough?
6: Yeah, uh, you know, it's a good question, and I'm, I'm not sure about Super Bowl contender, but one team I'm really curious about is because we tend sometimes, when there's a, a, a team that's the flavor of the off season going into a year, and then they don't live up to expectations, they kind of move off everybody's radar uh, the next year, and no one's talking about them as much. And that team, to me, is the Cleveland Browns. Uh, because last year, obviously, people were picking, the, picking them to win the division, go to the Super Bowl, all these things, and they just fell on their face. They weren't able to live up to expe- expectations, and now nobody's hardly talking about them. But they still have a very talented roster. Now, again, they have a first-year head coach for the second year in a row, and that's, you know, that, that's always tough to assess how that's going to work out, especially in a year like this one where you didn't have the offseason and all those things to put a lot of things in place. But you know, like I said, with Baker Mayfield, the players they have on offense, a pretty good defense, that, that's, that, that should be, it is on paper, a pretty good football team. So I think that might be a team that's flying under the radar because no one's talking about them after, after you know, they didn't live up to those expectations last season.
4: These yeah, Howard Balzer, covers the Cardinals for SI or NFL Insider. You could tweet him at HBalzer721. Enjoy it out there. We got football on Thursday. Can't wait. We'll speak to you later, Howard.
6: Sounds good, guys. Take care.
4: Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Remember, it's easy to save 15% or more in car insurance with Geico. All you have to do is go to geico.com or you can give them a call one 947 AUTO. The only hard part figuring out which way is easier. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier was sitting in for Jason Smith and his best friend Mike Mike Harmon. I was going to call him. I was going to call him uh, Bowser. So uh, Bowser, excuse me. Yeah, thank you. For...
5: <laughs> Pass your bedtime, him... Arnie Spanier.
4: I was going to call him after Howard Bowser, but uh, I was going to say thanks to Howard Bowser for joining us. Um, a couple of things on college. Uh, football before we get back to the nba uh you saw harbaugh marching with the players is anything going to come out of this whole big 10 thing and are we going to get some football or is it pretty much done for the big 10 and the pac-12 too little too late torres what's going to happen
5: yeah we've talked about it throughout the show uh, and really frankly the last two months is i do think the pac-12 and the big 10 are in a different spot big 10 has most of their teams on campus One thing Bernie Fratto has told us, and we can ask him about it if there's any updates when he joins us next hour, he is from Michigan, spent a lot of his career there. He believes there's a possibility that some of the Big Ten comes back, but not all of it, as in eight, 10 teams, but not maybe all 14 teams. So I don't think there's any way that the Big Ten or the Pac 12 starts before Thanksgiving. I think there's a possibility the Big Ten does. But it doesn't seem as though they're in a rush, and if they don't do it soon, they're not going to get in before Thanksgiving, if not 2020. I don't
4: know how you could have eight teams coming back and putting what six on the side or whatever it is for well, the side. It's, it'd be schools
5: opting out, basically. Well, I mean, well, I, understand, I understand
4: that, but how could you pass on that type of money when you when you know that your community and the school needs it so much money to you with the uh, with, with college football?
5: It makes no sense, Arnie, and it's interesting because one of the schools that reportedly. It might be out is the University of Illinois, which people think, okay, Illinois football, whatever. But they were the most aggressive testing in the preseason. I believe at one point they were testing essentially every day, which at the college level is basically unheard of. So I don't know uh, if it's if it's the government that wouldn't approve of it. I know like Maryland, for example, is a school that might not play. They don't have high school football in that state Rutgers is of course near New York which is a hot spot. So we'll get we'll get the juice from Bernie uh, in the next hour but that's my understanding. But to answer your question directly, I I don't feel like they're in a rush. And if you're not in a rush, you're not going to get on the field anytime soon early October. And we've got nothing from the Pac12. I mean yep. nothing. I'm not hearing any news. I'm not hearing any outrage
4: from parents, players um nothing. yeah. I'm not hearing anybody like Arizona, Arizona State wants to play. I'm not hearing anything out of them. It's like they've given up and said, forget about it. We'll wait till next year. Well, I
5: think that's what it is, is they've given up. And the problem with the Pac-12, I don't think a lot of people realize, is the footprint that the Pac-12 is in, they would need basically the government, they need Government to change some policies. The the Pac-12 in the uh, the California schools specifically, they still can't even get into their facilities. I was reading something this weekend that basically the reason that the Rams and the Chargers can practice is because they are testing every day, which obviously would limit, if not outright eliminate. Um, you know the spread of the virus. Until testing ramps up, it doesn't feel as though California is going to loosen restrictions. And I don't think you could play Pac-12 football without the four California schools.
4: I and I know I'm not going to get into this now. You've got to be keeping your eye on college basketball. When is it going to start? Is it after January? Are they going to have those pre-tournaments? You know, Thanksgiving and on and in, in in the bubble in Orlando, like they said. Are they going? Are they canceling the? You know, Hawaii's and Alaska's and stuff like
5: that. Do we know that, Torres, or no yet? I think a lot of those tournaments, believe it or not, will be played just not in the traditional traditional setting, though. So the Maui Invitational might take place. It just might not be in In Maui. I I Um, gotcha. I would say I think we'll get the NCAA should come out next week with an official date for college basketball. My hunch, my belief, is that it will start slightly after Thanksgiving for people who do not know. Um, most of these campuses are shutting down for the first semester. Right. will end around Thanksgiving. So essentially we'll have almost a bubble on a college campus at that point. Now for later in the season, does that mean we try to cram a bunch of games in in November, December, and January, and then play fewer in February? That part I'm not totally sure about, but I think late November will be a target date for college basketball.
4: We, you know, we got to have March Madness this year. Yes. We can't go through another year. Of no March Madness, are we going to change anything for that? By the way, we're we going to add more teams because of what happened last year. No, no changes. I, guess. I
5: think Coach K, even Coach K, came out and said he want he thinks we should add more teams for next year. I think the bigger issue for next year is we talk about an imbalanced schedule in in MLB or in f- NFL, college football, whatever. College basketball, we could see some crazy imbalances because obviously it goes without saying the smaller schools are not going to be able to test as much. If they do have to go to a bubble, will they be able to afford to travel and stay in a bubble, say, I don't know, say for two weeks and play five, six games? So, I mean, we might literally, Arnie, have teams playing – 30 games in one conference and 15 games in another conference or whatever. So I bring it up because that's a big part of why they're thinking about expanding the NCAA tournament or why at least the conversations come up. It's just going to be really hard to figure out who's good. Then think about it from a different perspective of somebody like Gonzaga. I mean, imagine if if we play conference-only games. Oh, how are geez. you going to be able to figure out if Gonzaga's any good or not? It seems like that. Yeah,
4: it's uh, it. It's been a complete change. Obviously, we're just trying to maneuver through it. Um, by the way, Lakers Rockets tomorrow. As we take a quick left turn here, um, what a great series this one's going to turn into. Be, I thought the Rockets were going to be beat up and tired after that OKC uh, series. It doesn't look like that way at all. Looks like they're going to give the Lakers every bit. This one's probably going to end up
5: going seven. I got a feeling, you know. Yeah, I don't know about seven. I Listen, I think the Lakers, I think in game one, it was so easy to get lulled into what the Rockets do. Game two last night, the Lakers were much better. They pounded the ball in the paint. Anthony Davis and LeBron James were dominant. Much fewer, many fewer, whatever, three-point three attempts than the first game. I actually like the Lakers to run away with this series.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip.
4: All right. Good evening, everyone. Aaron Torres, Arnie Span. You're in for the guys. Jason Smith and his best friend Mike Carmen. Moving along on this Monday night. Let's check in with our buddy Steve Desager. What's going on in the NFL? New rules for the jersey exchange, or what? There. Yeah,
9: they're trying to keep people from congregating. We mentioned yeah. over the weekend for the pregame coin toss, teams will now send just one rep to midfield, where face coverings will be required, and they've said no jersey exchanges afterwards. And understandably, because they don't want to happen to a team what's happened to some in baseball, where you wind up just not even playing some games. To have the NFL season, what if one team actually had two postponements, and then you have wait, to—
4: Wait, 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 wait. wait. You can't exchange jerseys after the game, but you can play tackle football for 60 minutes and not pass the coronavirus. <laughs> it doesn't so make sense. I
9: hear you. But By the way, Gosh. with the openers all coming up this weekend, well, the opener is Thursday night, Houston at Kansas right. City. I literally just saw this, Dad, in the last two decades for the Cleveland Browns opening games. AP says the Cleveland record on opening day is 1-18-1. The last 20 years. And the Browns are opening at the Baltimore Ravens this Sunday. So they might get another L there. I assume the Fox big telecast late afternoon will be Tom Brady and the Bucks at New Orleans for most of the country. The Rams new stadium will open Sunday night hosting the Cowboys, that indoor-outdoor new football facility. As we mentioned last night, they have a roof, but it's of a translucent plastic. So the light can come through. But it does shade the fans from about half of the heat of the sun. How much did that cost? Geez. Well, people keep giving a price tag, but keep... Keep in mind that Stan Kroenke, the Rams owner, who was going to spend two billion to, to build the thing, right. it's, it's more like five billion now. But it's a whole complex. But he's got it. Who cares? He's Absolutely, it. it's yeah. not just the stadium. When you hear the price tag, I mean, there's a public plaza of two and a half acres. They built he their bought own California. I didn't know that. I <laughs> well, if he state. could get the land, it would happen. <laughs> they built their own lake outside the stadium. There's a whole community oh. park of twenty-five acres. The wow. whole thing. Uh, there will be two Monday night games next week. Seven days hence, Steelers at Giants, Titans at Broncos. Now, the details on the whole jersey exchange here, because NFL Network's Tom Pelissero got the heads up on this and actually tweeted out the actual NFL uh, memo on the whole thing, that there are kind of jersey exchanges allowed now by mail. Because literally today. Do we have mail? Go the, ahead. Yes. Yeah. Good yeah, you'll get it next year. Yeah. The League Informed teams today, they are partnering with a laundry detergent sponsor that will cover the cost of one replacement jersey per player. What, tied? And the yes, the jersey will be washed first and you can exchange it by mail. The actual memo says NFL players have to communicate whether they would like to participate in the jersey exchange Wait. with someone from the other team by email, text or talking to your equipment manager first. Wait, to say so you're
5: so you're saying if Richard Sherman wants to change jerseys with Kyler Murray They can physically mail them to each other? Is that what I just read? They
9: have to sign up for the jersey exchange before the game starts. I am
5: serious. It's like Match.com for jerseys. I get it. Swipe right if if you want my jersey. Swipe left if you want somebody else's. The equipment
9: manager has to collect the jerseys that are participating Uh, and clean them. And I kid you not, this is the actual sentence in the NFL memo today. Clubs are encouraged but not required to use Tide Hygienic Clean Detergent, I which was will be provided by the company in October. Uh, and you are not allowed to exchange the jerseys uh, from the cancer awareness game or the salute to service game because they use those for fundraising. The, the, oh. the NFL never wastes an opportunity to make a buck, man. Oh, it's incredible.
4: If you're an NFL player, <laughs> you got to do the Tide commercials. Like um, When I'm doing my jersey exchange, I do it in cold weather and Tide or cold water and Tide or something like that. Oh, what a great deal that is. So
9: in the 2020 NFL season, there are jersey exchanges. It's just by mail. (sighs) So uh, we talked about uh, this past weekend that the largest sports audience, as far as TV ratings for any cable channel since the NFL draft in April, is the NBA, the Game 7 that ended the first round last week, Rockets and Thunder. It had been the Major League Baseball opener in July, Yankees-Nationals, which was a rain-delay game but still got 4 million viewers. The NBA Game 7 got 4.1 million last Mm. week. Now, as far as overall, including the -the over-the-air channels, we have a new winner. It had been since the NFL draft in April— The previous high was for the NASCAR return on Fox in May. That got 6.3 million viewers. Last weekend, 8.3 million for the Kentucky Derby, which is actually quite a small audience compared to what they're used to, but it's not in its normal spot. Really? I thought that was
4: good. I thought that was good.
9: Apparently they had double that a year ago. So this is one of the smallest yeah, derby ratings. They moved ratings. it though. They exactly what I'm yeah. saying. But it's still by plopping it on Labor Day weekend, you you still got comparatively a great audience. In fact, yeah. for Labor Day weekend, it's it's the biggest sports audience since three years ago. The Alabama nice. wasn't
5: wasn't the uh, Kentucky Derby last year the one that they overturned the finish like they went to video replay and over. I can't. There remember. was. Was it last year
9: or the year before? And by the way, this rating is just for the race portion. There is about a 20 hour pregame. Go ahead. <laughs> <It laughs> No lie. Derby. Really is. <laughs> this does not include all of that, so just for the record. And we did have BYU winning at Navy, 55-3, BYU over 300 yards rushing. I think BYU just scored
4: again. I'm going to double-check that.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: and I answer your phone calls to respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
8: I'm Viosaf and I'm Mala. We're the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast.